Al Anderson Afternoons, the podcast. Hello there, welcome to the podcast. Coming up, Global News Weather Specialist Mike Tonkin on the arrival of spring on Wednesday. Clayton Manis on his review of Manitoba's education system. And I'll talk to a North Carolina thrift store with haunted furniture. Please rate the podcast. Please subscribe to the podcast. And now, without further ado, the podcast. Right now, Mike Conkin, Global News Weather Specialist. Happy Spring Week, Mike. Hey, thanks for having me, Hal. This is probably the one time of year where it's like good <laughs> stuff coming. This is yes. when you don't get the extra asks to do some radio hits where it's like, hey, so what about this storm? Yeah. What about this crummy stuff that's right. coming our way? Now everyone's going to be nice and comfortable. Yeah, so. although there is some crummy stuff that comes with warmer weather. Like, for example, I have melting ice dams on a couple of roofs right now, and I'm dealing with mm. that. In fact... Um, uh, muchos kilos, me, Shaner, and Timmy, my band of big guys, were so inspired that later on we have a brand new song called Ice Dam's Baby. And you can imagine <laughs> what song we have ripped off. So that's coming up in the three o'clock hour if you're a muchos kilos fan. But uh, spring arrives on Wednesday, correct? Yes. So that is our first day of spring. And actually, today we get 12 hours of daylight. Exactly. So wow. that's kind of nice. We're starting to see the days uh, get longer, around three to four minutes a day, which is kind of nice. And that's helping to contribute to the extra opportunity to warm up. But yeah, we've got some nice mild weather. We're generally going to be dealing with southerly or westerly winds. So if you look at the temperatures that Calgary is experiencing, they're going to see a number of days that'll be in double digits. We're not going to get that warm, but right around mid-single digits uh, through essentially the work week with some clearer conditions by the time we get to Wednesday. So looks like it is going to be lovely here in Winnipeg. Well, and Kelly Moore in the news meeting this morning was saying that Abbotsford, B.C., I believe one of his daughters lives there, Abbotsford is something like 24 degrees. Ugh, why isn't he going to visit his daughter? Yeah. That's, uh, that's what I think we need to say. Kelly, it's vacation time. Yes, it Spring is. Spring shows up early. Right. Uh, but, uh, yeah, there's there's lots of warm weather out towards the coast. And the nice thing is, actually, for us here, like, the melt lo- certainly looks like it's it's coming on now because even the extended forecast, right now, normal high is right around the freezing mark. We're looking to be above that by a couple degrees today, and we're already above zero, mm-hmm. but a little bit warmer for Tuesday, the rest of the work week. Even the long-range forecast, you look a week to two weeks down the road, and it still stays above normal in general. So we're not going to see the temperatures drop off in a big way. We'll still have some cooler nights. But overall, as far as kind of how the averages go, we're seeing temperatures that are going to be warmer for us here. Generally, all across the prairies, the only area that's going to be uh, closer to normal will be Kelly Moore's daughter in Abbotsford, BC. <laughs> she's she's just not going to see the, the mercury yeah. cr- climb more than what she is accustomed to this time of year. Well, and as I said, the forecast for this afternoon, high of plus two or at plus one now, plus four tomorrow, plus four on Wednesday. You're no flood forecaster, Mike, but obviously we're watching these temperatures because we want kind of a nice gradual warming. We don't want those double-digit temperatures because then we could see a quick melt and that might make for worse flooding in the province. 
Right, exactly. So it looks like really all this week, essentially starting tomorrow and through the rest of the work week, we're going to live right around mid-single digits. And there, lot, there is a lot of moisture that is going to be coming our way. It was just in Fargo, and it's unbelievable to see the comparison of how much snow they have piled up in every single parking lot around that city as compared to what we have in Winnipeg. I look out the window now and there's some streets that don't even look like they have any snow banks anywhere. So we are certainly ahead of the curve as far as the melting goes. But you look at all that moisture that's coming in our direction, there's quite a bit of it. So uh, the flood forecast is certainly something that we're going to be watching, and that'll probably be what kind of gets people's attention more than the weather forecast in the next little bit, because we right. don't have any storms. The next time we'd see potentially a storm would be towards uh, the end of the weekend or early next week, and because of the warmer weather, it would likely fall in the form of rain. But we got a pretty clean stretch for the next few days, so we'll see how the melting goes with that. Well, that was going to be my final question. Any precipitation in the forecast, do we think that might be a lot of precip, or we're not sure? Uh, well, our next opportunity for something that is noticeable, yes, there is some flurry, some light shower activity out there around southern Manitoba right now, but it's not changing your day. If you had mm. to work outside today, you're not you're not calling it in because yeah. it's raining out there or because it's snowing out there. So our next chance to see something that would get your attention would be towards Sunday, Monday. And yeah, that would be probably a little bit more in the form of rain more than anything. Uh, but it's still so many days out that it's hard to, that I don't want to put too much, uh, too much emphasis on it. I'm looking at it more as we got a nice clean stretch essentially all the way through Saturday at the, at the earliest. Well, and let's not talk about something that might yeah. be not great a week or a week and a half or two weeks out. Let's celebrate a nice week. It's spring. You know, you were a messenger with a great message. Let's be happy about that. That's right. Let's yeah. live in the now, man. Right. Let's live in the now. Yes. Mike Conkin, <laughs> Global News Weather Specialist. Thank you, sir. I appreciate your time today. Time you look at a system that hasn't been looked at for that length of time, you're going to find better ways of doing things. Uh, and usually when you find better ways of doing things, there are cost savings that come with that that you can reinvest into the system, uh, into things that maybe weren't being um, properly funded before. Education Minister Calvin Gertson here in the province of Manitoba talking about this review of the education system. February 2020 is when the report is expected. Co-chair of the review Clayton Manis joins us on the phone now. Good afternoon, sir. Good afternoon. Nice to chat with you. Thank you for making time. We've been talking a lot here on CJOB over the past couple of weeks about this, uh, the budgets with the school divisions and uh, how big uh, should the bureaucracy be? Should, we've had, should we have so many school divisions? You go into this. I'm sure you were an education minister, I think, in 93 in the province, right? Am I right on that? From 93 to 95, yes. Right. And so, obviously, uh, you go into this hoping to accomplish what? Well, we're just, I guess the main focus would be on achievement and evaluations of our students and how we can uh, see a student body graduate with, with with higher levels of education. That is the prime. Yes, there are many issues we look at, and I guess... There's been quite a hype around school division numbers, but that's not our primary focus at all going into this commission. Yeah, and the minister said in that clip there that when you find efficiencies, often you will, uh, or when you you know work, look at a system that hasn't been looked at in a long time, you'll find ways to save money. But I guess the point is that's not what you're going in to do. You're, you're going in to look at the education system and, and try to make it better. Sure. I mean, it's... It hasn't been done. I guess I did the last one when I was minister in that period of time that we referenced earlier. We did a uh, internal review, 
and we, we we brought a number of recommendations forward and of course that's 24 years ago and so now we're uh, and the results right now seem to be um, lacking to some degree in a relative term across Canada and so the minister uh, and the government rightfully so has asked an independent commission ourselves to come forward and try and reflect upon the long-term vision needed for uh, all of our our students and student learning particularly and teaching how, how do we how do we try and make sure that our teachers uh, are given the support to even be more effective? So these are the elements that I think uh, will draw the most attention. Do you remember some of the recommendations back in the early 90s? Yes, I certainly do. There was quite a focus. We put quite a focus on, um, on evaluation, assessment, how our early assessment, how are our students doing early? Uh, it's pretty hard to deal with problems when they rise in grade nine as compared to kindergarten or grade three. We had tremendous focus at that time on early assessment of our students. And, at, and also we, wanted, we gave at that time uh, parents more power. We gave them choice of school division if they wanted. So there are quite a number of recommendations, but they've kind of fallen by the wayside for the most part in my sense. Was there talk back then that there were too many school divisions or too much bureaucracy? Was that part of the reason for the review back when you carried that review out, or or or, or were some of the issues we're hearing about no, now no. not in in play then? No, in fairness, it was more student focused. Uh, there there was a review dealing with school divisions that came a few for a few years after. Excuse me, and uh, even moved, I, I believe, into the uh, other governments. So. Uh, that happened subsequently. And your co-chair uh, has done a review like this uh, in Eastern Canada and made some recommendations there. Uh, but again, this is Manitoba, not a province in Eastern Canada. Fresh slate, you go in and, and, and look at things and, and make your uh, determinations. Well, Hal, to be, to be absolutely correct here, uh, not my co-chair. My co-chair is, is Janice McKinnon. She came out of Saskatchewan, but who we've hired... Right, sorry, yes. ...resource support to the commission is Avis Glaze, and she, yes, has uh, dug in into a number of jurisdictions, the latest being Nova Scotia, but she's uh, almost world-renowned in, in support of looking into education and how it's performing in jurisdictions around the world. And uh, what is your sense of the education system now? Would you care to comment on, on that, or, or are you going to hold off and wait for the report? Well, we'll we, we have access to the, to the raw data the department has given us. I mean, we just launched this, as you know, Hal. So right. We're just in the early throes sure. of looking up. Certainly, they, they've shown us a lot of uh, information, and no doubt through this piece, more will be shared with the, with the Manitoba public. But... Yes, we, we are falling behind, but it's a bigger issue than that. I mean, uh, just to look at average marks is one thing, but the great concern that I have personally is that it's, it's the uh, number of people below the average, and are they close to the average or are they far removed? And my fear is they're kind of far removed. So find our, our student body that has good supports, at home in the community, uh, they are doing, the public school system is affording them a strong education. But there are others for other circumstances, for other reasons that are uh, far away from the norm. And boy, we better, uh, we better try and find as a society uh, some way of dealing with that. Well, Mr. Manis, good luck with it. And again, thank you for your time today. I really appreciate it. Thank you for the call. 
All right, so I saw this story, and I had to call this place. In North Carolina, there is a thrift store in North Carolina on social media advertising some furniture. And in the advertisement on Facebook, they say that this furniture is haunted. A queen canopy bed frame and a high boy chest of drawers. Previous owners told the Habitat for Humanity Restore in Rowan County, North Carolina, that this stuff was haunted. Well, I couldn't resist. I had to phone down. And after getting forwarded to several people, I finally got a hold of Elizabeth. And apparently she, apparently they've got a lot of calls about this. And Elizabeth is the one to tell me the story. Take a listen to a chat I had with her this morning for a couple of minutes. Habitat Restore. Hi, Elizabeth. How are you? Great. How are you doing? I'm excellent. I'm calling from a radio station in Canada. I want to hear about this haunted furniture you've got. Oh, my goodness. (laughs) Hold on a second. Let me shut my door. Hold on. Okay. How can we help you? I got to ask you, is that, oh, my goodness, another person I've got to talk to about this, or, oh, my goodness, I've got great stories to tell? No, no, no. Um, (laughs) We didn't think this would go viral at all. We just simply posted it to our Facebook page with photos of the items and one little disclaimer, and uh, it's gotten out of hand. (laughs) I thought we were done with this. (laughs) Well, I promise I won't talk to you for too long. So is this stuff haunted, or is this just some sort of a a thing that got blown out of proportion here? We don't know um, whether it's haunted or not. The people that we picked it up from, he said as soon as they brought the high boy into their bedroom that uh, they started having nightmares every night and the dogs would not quit barking at it. Um, the last night that it was in there, he had a hard time waking his wife up from sleep. So um, he said at that point they took it out of the bedroom, and they never had any issues since. So we just felt like it was the right thing, you know, as a Christian ministry to disclose that information. Um, you know, whether it does anything or not, we don't know, but I just didn't feel comfortable selling it without, you know, disclosing that. And is it still available, or is it gone? Oh, no, it sold um, the very next morning. <laughs> And have you heard anything from the people that bought it? They haven't picked it up yet. It's being picked up today. Interesting. Wow. They're going to let us. They are regular customers, though, of our store, and they're going to let us know if they have any issues. They're actually bringing their dog up today to see if their dog reacts to it. Wow. And you mentioned that you're a religious organization. So, I mean, you believe this sort of thing is possible. Well, you know, from a Habitat standpoint, we don't have anything in writing saying yes or no, we believe that. But, you know, I just think the right thing was to disclose it. You know, hopefully there won't be any problems, but better to disclose that than sell it to somebody and not make them aware of it and something happen. Hey, Elizabeth, thanks a lot. I really appreciate it. Okay, you're welcome. Have a good day. All right. Al Anderson Afternoons, the podcast, is available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and anywhere you find your favorite podcasts.